0: Where the miracle of pregnancy meets the reality of your changing body. Where taking care of our kids meets taking care of ourselves. And where the daily frustrations of feeding a family meet establishing lifelong healthy habits. This is The Messy Intersection. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host Diana. And this episode of The Messy Intersection is gonna be a little bit of a shift in tone from the previous three I've shared. In a good way, I promise. When we heard from Alex, Amber, and Megan in the previous three episodes of the show, each of them told the story of an experience that they'd had in either pregnancy or motherhood. And I think each topic those guests discussed spoke on some pretty heavy issues and some areas where I'd really like to see a culture shift in motherhood take place. Today's episode is a little lighter, it's the holidays and we're talking about cooking with kids. But honestly, I think this topic can really stress out moms as well when it comes to the pressure of being a great mom and doing all these things that are supposed to be so great for our kids development and especially these days when so many of us are the primary people responsible for that aforementioned development. And I kind of have a confession to make here. As my guest Christy and I will get into, my first job as a dietitian was for a nonprofit organization that encouraged families to cook with their kids. And I've always actually been really passionate about cooking with kids, even before I had my own kids. My interest in it was really one of the main reasons that I became a dietitian. So, at this job, my former job, I was basically a spokesperson for cooking with kids, and I would do media interviews and conference presentations, and you know kind of tick off all these research-based benefits of cooking with kids and eating family meals. <laughs> and I didn't have kids at the time. And while I think I recognized kind of abstractly that cooking with kids was tough, I think at the time I basically encouraged people to make time for it because the practice is so beneficial. You know, I can encourage people to power through and and find a way to make it work. And then I had kids and obviously I realized the reality of what I'd been saying all that time and how hard it can actually be to cook with kids. You know, it doesn't really matter whether you're baking cookies and it's all about the experience of cooking together or you're actually just trying to get your family's actual dinner on the table. They both have their own challenges and especially with more than one kid, which is a topic my guest Christy and I will get into, there's a whole other set of challenges. And, you know, one of my goals for this podcast is that I never want it to be a why you should show. This episode is not called Why You Should Cook with Kids. I think that in almost all areas of parenting, but definitely in nutrition in particular, there's just so much, you know, quote, why you should. Why you should feed your kids chia seeds. Why you should use elderberry. Why you should let your kids put their own shoes on. And I think all of those statements are kind of attractive to new parents because we're always looking for answers. You know, we don't know anything here. We've never done this before. But when you really stack up all those why you shoulds, we end up with a pretty unrealistic list that we're probably never going to accomplish. And it's just gonna feed this constant sense of failure that we're all feeling. So the messy intersection in general, and this episode in particular, is not a why you should show. It's an exploration of cooking with kids. We're definitely going to talk about the benefits, but we're going to spend a while on the challenges too. So as usual, this episode is for informational purposes only, and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. As well, the views I express are my personal opinions and do not represent the views of my clients or employers. My guest today is Christy Del Coro. Christy is a professionally trained chef with more than 10 years of experience in culinary nutrition. She started her career in culinary nutrition as the in-house dietitian of a mission-driven Michelin-starred restaurant concept in New York City, and subsequently transitioned to consulting for various food service operations to help them achieve healthier and more sustainable menus. Christy currently works as a freelance food and health writer, recipe developer, and consultant based out of Portland, Maine. She is the co-founder of an annual culinary nutrition conference as well as the Culinary Nutrition Collaborative which is a platform that offers continuing education events for fellow dietitians. Let's hear from Christy. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much for joining me on The Messy Intersection today. Thank you for having me. So I invited Christy on to chat about cooking with our kids. And this actually touches on a background that both of us have. I met Christy when I was living in New Jersey and working in New York City, and she has a similar background. Do you want to share a little bit about that, Christy?
1: Sure. So as you know, you and I met probably almost 10 years ago. It could yeah. have been, it feels like a long time. And I was working as a culinary nutritionist at the time for a restaurant consulting company. Prior to that, I had a very classic clinical background in nutrition, working for a most dietitians start out. But my love of food just kept you know, pressing at me in the back of my mind, thinking, how can I get into the kitchen? How can I work with food more? I had thought about going straight to culinary school after college, but was really passionate about nutrition and health as well. So went the route of becoming a registered dietitian at first. But in order to really merge my love of cooking, I decided to attend culinary school and got formal training as a chef. And that's how I transitioned from the clinical world into the food world. We worked for a restaurant in New York City. The whole concept was to pair a chef and a dietitian together and demonstrate that you could have really delicious food that was also healthy. And then out of that, they had a sister company that was a consulting company. And I think that's when you and I had met. And we worked with a lot of other food service institutions from small scale, independent restaurants to large scale institutional food service. And help them develop healthier menus and source more sustainably and you know really merge that bridge between nutrition and great food.
0: Yeah, I was working in New York City for a nonprofit that provided resources to help restaurants do more plant-based menus and also helped families cook with kids more often, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think that either one of us had kids at the time, right? No, like we- definitely not. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so I don't people- yeah, I don't think I was married at the time. It was yeah.
0: Yeah. So we've both been a different um, lifetime. recently learning about certainly the benefits, but also the challenges of cooking with kids, which is something we're going to talk about today. I know for myself, I was sort of the the talking head for this organization that promoted cooking with kids. And I didn't have kids myself. So I'd be like, you know, cooking with kids is so beneficial. They learn math. They learn, you know, a, they, it gives them autonomy in the kitchen. It helps them try new foods. Cook with your kids all the time. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I knew until, it would be harder when I here. had Kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I knew to a degree it would be harder, but it's quite different. <laughs> so that's what we're, we're going to chat about today. So Chris, why don't you tell us about your family and how many kids you have?
1: Yeah, I have two children now. Um, one is, our kids are actually the same ages. Right. Um, I have a daughter who's four, almost four and a half, and a son who just turned two at the end of February. And they have completely different personalities, which, you know, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if some of the differences are just firstborn secondborn and how I've changed my parenting from the first to the second or just I think also innately they just have completely different personality traits and so in terms of cooking I've had to do things a little bit differently with each one of them
0: yeah I I, so I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old as well and I know when I was so excited when you know when my first was you know maybe a year year and a half old she could actually participate in the kitchen a little bit and I was like I finally get to do this with my own kids it's gonna be so great and it was like we had we had a lot of fun but then as both as she got older and you know sort of wanted to do things her own way more and then I was pregnant with the second one and then I was the second woman was an infant and just everything went mm-hmm. out the window. <laughs> I feel like, you know, if if being as passionate as we both are about cooking with kids, that is something that we can navigate. So we'll chat about that. But why don't we talk a little bit about why we both feel that cooking with kids is so valuable? Do you want to start?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I think, you know, they're just so open minded when they first are born. I mean, even from the moment, you know, I was one of the people that made all their own baby food and, you know, just... Was introducing spices and a variety of flavors at a really young age. So I felt like this is kind of a blank slate that I can, you know, help mold and just expose them. I feel like it was my job to really expose them to as much as possible to hopefully raise healthy eaters, but mainly to be excited about foods. You know, it's not just, I, I want them to be excited about all kinds of food, you know, not just the healthy food, but all kinds of food and, you know, have it awaken all of their senses and, you know, just, use it as a way to, you know, explore the world around them and connect with their family and friends and, you know, the social aspect of foods. I think it just touches so many parts of our lives and I just wanted them to be really in touch with that at an early age and, you know, to understand that food doesn't just come from, you know, a baby, a pouch or a container or a box that, you know, to show them like how it starts and then how it ends up you know, on their plate. Yeah, definitely.
0: So I know when I was the spokesperson for an organization that promoted this, some of my talking points were things like it promotes autonomy, it helps encourage them to try new things. We also promoted many of the benefits of family meals. So it would be things like, you know, it helps them develop a closer relationship with their family when they have regular Mm -hmm. family. They do better in school, you know, all these. There, there's statistics to back up all this stuff. But I also worry that, you know, now that I am a parent, I know how challenging it is that someone listening to this conversation who either hasn't been cooking with their kids because they just thought it was, you know, just one more thing to do or like doesn't even cook themselves, like it just isn't a person who loves to be in the kitchen. You know, I worry now that those kinds of messages can be pretty guilt-inducing like you know, so many other messages that we hear like rest is best or you know
1: yeah and I think I mean there's so many different areas of parenting that one can focus on and there's certainly plenty of other areas that maybe I have not focused on that I've I've felt that same guilt in other areas like oh I haven't enrolled my daughter in a sports team yet or swimming lessons you know as early as I should have now she's not going to know how to swim you know you start to get this like panicky feeling, you haven't done everything, but you just, it's impossible to do everything and hit every area perfectly. I don't think that's what it's, what it should be about. It's just, you know, people have different, I think it's natural that whatever you're personally drawn to is probably an area you're going to end up focusing on a little bit more with your kids, but it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong if you're not focusing on that. And there's also varying degrees that one can, can focus on it and incorporate it no matter what age they are.
0: Yeah, definitely. And what's interesting I mean about cooking is that whether or not you cook, you do eat. So right. <laughs> there is food getting to your table in some way shape or form as compared to even something like swimming. Like you don't maybe you don't live near water, maybe you don't have a pool, you know, maybe you don't have access to that. I hope you have access to food, right? So there there are ways to sort of incorporate, you know, cooking with kids, even if you do mostly order takeout or something like that. I mean, I know, I actually attribute a lot of my own passion for cooking and and food in general to making like boxed brownie mixes with my sister growing up, you know, just like... I
1: mean, I remember making boxed mashed potatoes even, you know, just the potato flaked... I don't even know. Yeah. Dehydrated yeah. potato flakes. or
0: <laughs> I have recently rediscovered those because when I first went down the path of, you know, you know, the, the Michael Pollanization of the food world, mm-hmm. basically, I was like, make it from scratch. It's so much healthier. And so I would make mashed potatoes from scratch. And then I just wouldn't make mashed potatoes because I'm I'm actually pretty lazy in the kitchen. This is something you'll learn about <laughs> me. And then we never had mashed potatoes. And then one day I grabbed a, a pouch of those and I was like, these are delicious <laughs> And ironically, none of, neither of my kids will eat them. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's fine. You know, you said takeout, even just taking the food out of the containers or helping to set the table I and mean, that's all part of the meal. It doesn't have to be cooking from start to finish.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I try to do personally is, you know, a lot of times I just straight up don't want my kids in the kitchen with me if I am just trying to get the meal on the table and they'll say like, mommy, can I help? And I'm like, I've almost got the meal done. And I'll be like, sure, you can put the salad in this bowl exactly yeah or
1: something you know yeah or squeeze you know kids my kids like squeezing lemon we're greek so i think that's just comes with the territory we put lemon on everything (laughs) all over the lemon you know they love just having like a little wedge of lemon to squeeze on their food or putting cinnamon on top of oatmeal if it's already made you know any it can be very small putting a pinch of salt and something just so that they feel like they're a part of it
0: yeah. So it seems to me like my kids ask for that kind of stuff because I have intentionally cooked with them, you know, start to finish on a recipe at other times. And then when mm-hmm. they see me in the kitchen, they 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 start to want to participate. So I thought this would be a good lead-in to us chatting about our experiences cooking with our older child, our older daughters, and, you know, what we gain from that, what we think that our daughters gain from that, and then how it changed.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, my daughter, I think from... I mean, as young as 18 months or younger, she was just, she had a very focused personality where she could sit, you know, her fine motor was really strong. She could just sit and complete a task from start to finish at a very young age and would stand on a stool calmly and put, you know, vegetables into a bowl that I had cut or help me. Put seasoning on them, like different herbs or olive oil. She would, you know, help mix something, and it actually wouldn't get everywhere. I mean, it was just <laughs> kind of <Wow. laughs> amazing. Like I don't think I think this is me. Perhaps either I had the time, I wasn't a multitasking as much, or I think it's also like I said, just her personality that she was fairly good at following directions, and you know, was kind of just had like a neat personal, organized personality at a young age. You'll. Know, find out soon. This is the, like I said, the complete opposite of my second and probably most kids, but so she, you know, we would, she would help me often with dinner. You know, I found that even with certain things like vegetables, I would be making, you know, roasted cauliflower and she would start snacking on the raw cauliflower <laughs> as we were putting it in the bowl. like, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. I mean, she still actually loves cauliflower, but if she would participate in in all kinds of stuff and even from, we live near a farmer's market. So she would even participate in, you know, helping pick out the vegetables from the beginning at the farmer's market, which was great, like for her to see how it how it started and then what we did with it you know scrambling eggs that's like something kind of basic even not to cook them but to just whisk them like cracking the eggs on the bowl and then I would open them you know any type of anything that was safe to handle of course you know I wouldn't do any like raw meat or poultry at such a young age because they're sticking their fingers in their mouths and you know but I would still expose her to that type of stuff you know show her those ingredients and have her smell things and taste things throughout the cooking process you know and explain like how things change through cooking and what is you know how does this taste now and how does it taste after we had this and I would really there was like a lot of conversation that was thoughtful yeah I food.
0: I had a very similar experience with my oldest and I even found it helpful. You know, I would get home from work and I would need to make dinner for her and my husband. And it was just very helpful for her to be, I would actually slide her high chair into the kitchen and, Mm -hmm. you know, put different things on her high chair tray to, you know, quote unquote help. You know, she Mm -hmm. wasn't like necessarily helping a ton, but, you know, she felt like she was involved in the process and it also occupied her. Exactly. Allowed me to keep an eye on her while I was cooking dinner for my family and I had the same experience of like she would just want to grab um, whatever we're cooking, uh, raw vegetables out of the bowl and and snack on it or just even give it a try. Well, I mean, what's really great, one of the many touted benefits of cooking with kids is that if they are unfamiliar with food, because around 18 months is when that neophobia generally sets Mm -hmm. in and if it's not a food they've had before, they want nothing to do with it. But, you know, sort of tactile interaction with, you know, mixing it and not even having any pressure to eat it, you know, it's just it's there, and they may or may not choose to eat it. I found that happened pretty often, even with things like raw sweet potatoes or pizza dough that, like, we shouldn't probably right. <laughs> eat until they're cooked. Mm-hmm. And, and that became a lesson in and of itself. Of you know, what does it taste like now? Okay, not not so great. Like, let's see right. what happens
1: after <laughs> it cooked. Exactly. Yeah, And I think it takes the stress away. Like, it you know the the parent. Of course, we're gonna have those stressful dinners and those moments, you know, of trying to get everything together. I'm not trying to be idealistic about this, it's saying I never am scrambling to get dinner on the table. But it does take kind of embracing that and like finding a way that they can help you or at least be present and involved in the process does take some of that stress away that, you know, what how am I gonna do this? You know, like you don't have to ignore your, your child while you cook dinner or have mm-hmm. like have them doing Com- something completely different they can still be there like you said in the high chair or along next to you know throwing vegetables in a ziploc bag to, or a tupperware with some olive oil on them or seasoning and having them shake that up
0: to right. marinate
1: it quote unquote yeah. you know that's something that can occupy them or just having them play with some tupperware even or like a salad spinner so you know it doesn't just like taking the stress away like you said on your is really healthy for your mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, well, you know, as a, as a parent is trying to complete all of the tasks that you have to complete.
0: Yeah. And another benefit is that when they see how the meal comes to be from start to finish, and then they see you and your partner sitting down to eat it, it sort of makes more sense like, oh, this is what we're eating now. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, mom and dad have that weird food and, and I get my applesauce pouch or or whatever right. it is, right? You know, it's, they're more involved with where that food's coming from and it seems more familiar to them. And, you know, it's normal that their, you know, mom and dad are eating it, that therefore it becomes like more of a routine that some uh, something that's routine that, you know, they're used to it every day. But exactly. we've both been chatting about our experiences with our oldest, I know in my experience, once my second kid was born, I actually moved from New Jersey to St. Louis three weeks after my second kid was born. And uh, life just totally got turned upside down. We were in temporary housing, you know, so I didn't have my full kitchen. And then even once I did the juggling act with the two of them, and I started working again, and whoo, I personally, in my experience, I, I just was, I was relying on really fast meals. So, and I really wasn't cooking with either one of them at all, you know, so things changed there. And I remember about, I don't know, probably like six months or maybe until my younger one started solids that I was like, oh, wow, I have not gotten into the kitchen at all. And I give myself a pass on that because it was a pretty crazy time. I personally noticed that my older one became less interested in cooking when we had that transition. So it's interesting to me to see like, oh, maybe if I had been able to keep it up, maybe she would have continued to enjoy it and then in our case that that kind of was the onset of how she you know discovered things like cookies and brownies and that's the only thing she wanted to cook with me from then on out It was yeah i've
1: definitely (laughs) noticed waves of interest Mm -hmm. you know peaks and valleys and they just i guess the major thing i've noticed change is she's not as interested in putting the vegetables into the bowls now and not seeing Mm. anything happen there needs Mm. to it's more about transforming ingredients so you know turning flour and water and eggs into pasta dough or you know into cookie dough like you said Mm. and then you know making like you know now that we've had there's a shortage of grocery products lately quarantine we've had we've been making more things from scratch as I know a lot of people are so you know we didn't have crackers so we made crackers so turning you know again like simple ingredients into crackers which she could then we rolled out and she used cookie cutters to cut them into you know cookie shapes but they were crackers (laughs) or we ended up making hummus from scratch so like Mm -hmm. seeing the beans transform into a dip so it's like you know she's had a little more interest in in that lately I've noticed rather than like just the meal prep part you know or like Mm -hmm. prepping Having vegetables she now can like crack eggs on her own so like that's really exciting because it's something <laughs> she can do by herself mm-hmm. there's just more autonomy you know as kids get older, they want to do things or the more there's more of a sense of pride when they can accomplish tasks on their own so I've noticed if I can find ways that she can do something by herself even measuring ingredients you know any, anything like that there's a little bit more of an interest so are you cooking with her
0: now these days during your son's nap time or is he also involved?
1: So I, that, I realized like you're saying, you know, I, (laughs) it was like two years and I was like, I have not really cooked with my second one at all, you know? And I, I, and I tried one day and it did end up being pretty stressful, you know, (laughs) because they're fighting over the stool and knocking each other off the stool. I don't know why I didn't think to have two stools next to each other, <laughs> you know, <laughs> naively thinking that they could take turns, you know, the, like an egg cracks on the floor, and then one starts crying, because they're really upset the eggs on the floor. And, <laughs> you know, then yeah, once like, my youngest is Licking his fingers with the raw egg on it—it was not (laughs) a (laughs) great picture. But I didn't get—you know. Of course, I wasn't upset. It just—I thought I had to rethink how am I going to do this, you know, in a in like a peaceful, positive way, rather rather than it becoming something stressful. So, I do. If it's a longer recipe, something that I really do need to pay attention to is like making muffins, where we're really measuring something. Or dough where I know like I need both of my hands and I need to pay full attention, you know, to what my daughter's doing, then I will do that during his nap time. Mm-hmm. But if it's something simple, like I figured out yesterday, actually, we put my son in that contained place, like in the mm-hmm. high chair and give mm-hmm. him a bowl of bananas to mash,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, like something that's fairly simple. And that if he eats it, it's not a problem. And then, you know, on the other, the counter, I can work with my daughter on something and kind of handle both of them at the same time.
0: Yeah, I have had very similar challenges trying to cook with both of my kids. And I, one of the biggest challenges is what you're talking about, how your older kid is more interested in the transformation process, whereas the younger kid may still be in the stage of just wanting to see things go into the bowl and get smashed or or be the one to dump the flour and Mm -hmm. how they're at different stages like that can be complicated to manage okay you know this is a task that's better suited for the younger one but in my case the older one gets jealous that she didn't get to do that task oh you yeah know, i to have, have two <laughs>
1: bowls of bananas yeah. to mash you'd have to think about that
0: <laughs> yeah I, I even do things like if we're adding fl- if it's one cup of flour well then i get the half cup measure out exactly and oh child yeah. gets to do or one we're making half a double cup. batch
1: like we, yeah and then you know yesterday because we just on top of my mind you know She wanted chocolate chips in the muffins, but I was planning on doing like shredded carrot muffins, you know, so we split the batter in Mm -hmm. in half and it was fine. You know, we worked it out, but yeah, just like trying to, it's not worth, you have to like, this like pick your battles and win the war. Like, you know, if it's something simple like that, I think let's just give in and make everybody happy and find a way around it rather than it becoming something that's. There's a lot of tension around.
0: Yeah. And so I think there's also a difference between, you know, making muffins, which we like may or may not, we're probably mostly doing that to. Occupy some of our time because you and I are both home with our kids these days. We're recording this about a month into the coronavirus lockdown, and versus actually getting dinner on the table, right? So if you're making carrot muffins, yeah, very
1: different things. Yeah, it can many, you know yeah. if
0: it takes two hours, great. <laughs> two hours right. of my day occupied. <laughs> At least these days, that might not be great, you know, in normal times. But you know, when I'm making dinner, I actually don't want to have to clean up egg off the floor or deal with two kids having a meltdown. So I find that these days I'm doing less with involving the kids in our actual dinner prep and more sort of having some hands-on activity time. One thing that I noticed, like I mentioned, my older kid is mostly only interested in making sweets these days. Mm -hmm. So that's what we'll do for our sort of pass the time type activities. Then the younger one will walk up to me when I'm making our actual dinner and say, can I help you cook? And the older one's not interested in that because it doesn't produce cookies or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I actually get to have some one-on-one time with her in terms of, you know, she's, you know, dumping the sweet potatoes onto the baking pan or, or something like that, yeah. which I've found she, she really enjoys.
1: Yeah. He knows, I mean, sometimes I'll get it. Do you want to help me with dinner from, you know, I'll say to my older one, no. And then if the younger one starts to get involved, then it's like, oh, I want to help. I want to yeah. help from the older right. one. So. Right, right.
0: Yeah. yeah. And especially with kids close in age, that can be definitely an issue. What are some other frustrations that you've had cooking with your kids, either in in, in normal times or, or now that we're all living very different lives because of the coronavirus?
1: I mean, I think this is just something I've personally had to overcome is like the messiness of like flour, for example, mm-hmm. everywhere where I don't want my kids to feel worried about spilling flour everywhere. Right. So right. I just have to you know, get over that basically, like yeah. say, you know, and you do, I mean, but it's just like, I notice sometimes I'll catch myself saying, Oh, no, no, don't like, don't get it everywhere. Or mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't put your hands in the bowl. Like we need that for the yeah. recipe, whatever yeah. it is. And I'm thinking, I shouldn't say that. I should just, let her do whatever she wants to yeah.
0: do. It's really, I do the exact same thing. It's really challenging because I'm thinking about like, if they eat all the chocolate chips, then they're, they're, we're not really going to have chocolate chip cookies now, are right. we? And then it's like, but who cares? Right, who cares if they eat it now yeah. or later in the cookie? Yeah. This is what they're Although it. We've also had situations where like, you know, one of my kids was, helping me shake some like herb seasoning onto raw fish that we're then going to bake. And she really went crazy with shaking the, the seasoning on, which had salt in it. And then my husband and I are eating it and we're like,
1: Ooh, this is really salty. <laughs> oh yeah, we have. they love the, the everything but the bagel yeah. seasoning, you know, mm-hmm. and they shake that on like avocado toast or buttered toast. And mm-hmm. at the bottom of it, it's just all salt. And we've yeah. always had that problem before.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully if your kid's old enough, you can have them take a bite and be like, oh, what does it taste like? Yeah, really salty. Do you think maybe next time we shouldn't like, you know, exactly. shake this much of that yeah. on, but who knows how long it's really going to take them to... <laughs> to sort of connect the two yeah and i think it's
1: so much fun the other frustration i think like you mentioned with time so if if one of them you know does get involved like with a certain aspect of the cooking process and whether it's like the mixing or you know touching of the dough whatever it is and then they that delays like the rest of the process and i'm really just trying to get it done Right. You know, it's right. like, okay, maybe just let's take out, you know, some of the dough for you to just play with, and then, or like take out some vegetables for you to, to just like build a tower with, you know, yeah. right? and then just keep doing that. And then I'll, you know, use the rest of the, like keep going on with dinner.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like
1: to allow them that time to play, but still you know, things need to get done. Like you said, we still have to get certain things done. And
0: I do that too. I'm thinking of a time when I gave my younger daughter just some broccoli and one of those plastic serrated knives so that she could just sort of smush up her own broccoli Mm -hmm. and I may or may not even cook it, but she ended up getting so frustrated that she could not, didn't have the strength to like actually push down and chop the broccoli that I had to stop what I was doing and then go back over to her to help her frustrated. And yeah, it can be a lot, (laughs) but I don't, I don't want anyone, you know, hearing this who hasn't cooked with their kids to sort of not start to engage in that kind of thing. But I did want to chat about how, you know, especially you and I are both moms. This is a show geared towards moms, not to be stereotypical here, but a lot of cooking and meal prep and shopping generally falls on women. And so to have the added pressure of, well, now you're supposed to cook with your kids for their enrichment can be a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So are there any ways that you in particular navigate that?
1: I mean, I think like I touched on before, if it's Mm -hmm. not, you mean outside of cooking Mm -hmm. per se, like if you can't cook, I think just getting them excited, engaging their other senses. So even if they can't cook per se, they can still taste, they can Mm -hmm. still watch, they can still smell things, Mm -hmm. they can still touch things, you know, and they can hear things, I guess, you know, a sizzle of a pan or whatever it is. They can press, you know, a button on a blender, although my kid's. Hated yet the noise of blenders. That you know that that's something they grow out of. You know they can. There's still like very small ways that they're setting a table, even just putting groceries away. I think is very basic. I've had my kids, you know, put produce in in the drawers or put like just empty the bags of groceries out, you know, onto the floor, like just to get them familiar on a very basic level at what food is all about and like how that cooking process even begins. I think is just. Is still very valuable, like you mentioned the family meal like that's an area I struggle with in terms of getting us all to eat at the same time together mm-hmm. because yeah. often and now it's it's changed a little bit so we're all home. but you know before when we had like normal quote unquote normal work days, my kids would often get leftovers from the night before and then I'm still cooking, you know that night's dinner when when they're sitting down and eating the leftover. So to sit down and eat as a family is, I think wonderful. It's just not always realistic in terms of like everybody sitting down and eating together at the same time. I've found that's one of my yeah. challenges, yeah, definitely. but you can still maybe you don't do it all the time, but you can still do it, you know, a couple of nights a week or you know still have them participate in serving the meal to some, some level.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's just like one more, I mean, maybe it's sort of a silver lining that now that most of us are are home with our, our families, but we're also, you know, I didn't used to be responsible for feeding my kids lunch, you know, and now I am. So it feels like I'm always in the kitchen, right? (laughs) I'm always, and I'm always doing dishes and I'm always, you know, navigating who says I don't want that. And, you know, like, just uh, keeping everything in my head, you know, the sort of like the mental load of getting them fed, doing the shopping. We, so we are cooking more these days in terms of like, we'll make cookies to pass the time. But, right. um, you know, in terms of like, what we're eating for dinner, there's not a whole lot of that. And and I don't, I don't, I, I give myself a pass on that, at least right now. I even think, you know, especially if you have a lifestyle where, you know, if like, you know, both parents aren't able to you know be home in the evenings or you know you're juggling two jobs you know okay cook together on the weekends or exactly. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah you know just don't worry about it too much
1: and and it can still like I say it can still be done over takeout or a prepared meal I yeah. mean, you can still talk about the different flavors in the food and what you like and don't like about it and you know maybe some sort of aspect of the ingredients that were used in it and the different flavors
0: yeah, for sure. So if anybody's listening to this who has not spent a lot of time either cooking themselves or cooking with their kids, what would your tips be in terms of getting started? And, and how is it different depending on how old the kids are?
1: I think, you know, start with whatever I think comes easy to you personally as well. Like don't, if, if you're not, if if you're trying a new recipe for the first time that, you know, you're not very comfortable with, maybe that's not the the best choice you know to start cooking with your kids so start off with something that's really comfortable to you and familiar that you're familiar with and that's approachable for them and that's safe you know nothing in terms of food safety and just you know maybe no knives involved or anything you know that's Mm. too messy it could be I think putting like container play you know for young kids they love putting things in containers and taking them out Mm. so like You know, I mentioned before putting vegetables in into bowls that you've already cut or, you know, stirring, mixing something with their hands that, you know, they can toss together. That's, you know, pretty simple or mashing something that's soft like an avocado or banana. It's, you know, not necessarily cooking, but it's still working with food and getting them to understand the different aspects of food. I think that's good for a young age. And then. You know, as they get older, things that do focus a little more on the transformation of the ingredients, like what happens to an egg when you crack it and then whisk it and then, you know, watch me put it into a pan. What happens even just, you know, when you peel a potato, what does it look like on the outside versus the inside? And then, you know, after you cook it, how does it get softer? How does it transform? It does. They don't have to be really elaborate recipes, of course. You know, if you have more time, like we said, maybe you know, making something that's a little more challenging for both of you so you can both learn is also really mm-hmm. exciting. Like making bread together for the first time or pasta or pizza dough and showing that maybe it doesn't turn out perfect all the time. I think that's or that things do get a little messy or you might make a mistake. Those are also really valuable lessons. And, you know, then maybe it's like a project that you continue to work on together and get yeah. back over time.
0: One of the first recipes that I cooked with my two kids once I pulled them from daycare was just bread, like, you know, Mark Bittman's no need bread. Mm -hmm. And I just picked it because it was easy. But then I realized that, like, they eat bread all the time and they never really knew exactly how it comes together. And they were both fascinated by that. And they love stirring the dough and smushing it and seeing the texture and having, like, fresh baked bread at dinner that they really love that. yeah and I was like oh I just kind of
1: picked this so that we'd have something to do <laughs> yeah well we yeah, had that experience with pasta like making fresh pasta it's pasta something of course kids eat all the time it's like yeah. oh wow I made this you know they're just yeah it's really yeah. eye-opening for them and it's exciting I think bottom line it should be exciting like the second that you know we start don't be hard on yourself if you feel like it's, you know, not as fun as you may have wanted, like try not to set up this ideal image in your head of what it's going to look like. But, you know, if it does stop being fun, like maybe rethink, you know, the approach Or the timing, timing is also everything. Like maybe don't cook with your kids when they're really hungry for dinner, you know, mm, yeah. or when you're, when you need to get dinner on the table, try it first as like a fun activity, like you mentioned, you know, to pass the time and then, build up to like okay how can they help with with dinner in simple ways or lunch or breakfast whatever it is
0: (laughs) i also hear from parents who actually would really like to cook with their kids this is usually maybe elementary age or older the the kids are not interested (laughs) any tips for Hmm.
1: families in that situation i mean you could start off with making their favorite food so something Mm -hmm. like not to be stereotypical or to generalize but pizza yeah. is something yeah. that seems to be really popular with kids so maybe you start off with a recipe like that or if it is it, if it is a baked good I'm fine with that I think if it still yeah. ex- exposes them to how ingredients change and in the cooking process so I think starting off with something that number one is something they enjoy and then also that has pretty quick results so sometimes mm. patience is a problem Yeah, you know, I've noticed like you know they want muffins or cookies or whatever it is ready right now, and they don't want to have to wait for twenty minutes to have it bake in the oven all the time. So having some sort of like result right away or some that have been like a cooking show that have already been <laughs> been done before that you can whip out.
0: Actually, that's a good point. I mean, now that we, we have all of these cooking shows, both on Food Network or certainly on YouTube, a lot of times, you know, at least in the case of my four-year-old, she'll see something with her dad on YouTube and then she'll be like, can we make that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's, let's do that. So either taking that route, or if you have cookbooks that have photos, you know, asking the kid to pick something that you know they they're most interested in in making can oh, also Yeah, help. even
1: um something like smoothies. You know, mm-hmm. those are easy to make at home. The kids can pick what yeah. fruits they want to add to them. There was a Daniel Tiger episode mm-hmm. that they made banana ice cream, and it yeah. really was just you know frozen banana blended. And my daughter's like, yeah, yeah. I want to make that, and it's like so easy to make. That and, is you know. such
0: a good one. And interesting point, it, I have a s- similar recipe for that on my website, and it's one of my most popular recipes. <laughs> so I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. There, there is a trick. Mom Tiger makes it in a blender. And I highly recommend using a food processor <laughs> instead.
1: Oh, <laughs> so, that's a good tip.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll link to that. But yeah, that's I mean, speaking of Daniel Tiger, because now that we've been I've been staying home with my kids, there has been So very much Daniel (laughs) Tiger, but whether your kids like Daniel Tiger or some other show, you know, Daniel Tiger makes heart-shaped pizza and he makes his his grandfather's veggie stew or, you know, sort of, so doing your own take on something that they're familiar with in that way from seeing it on a show or in a book or something like that could also be a way to get them excited about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think do, you know, try to tap into like, like you said, whatever excites them and then make that connection. and. It might even be, you know, growing herbs like in a little indoor garden and having them pick the herbs for the for your dinner or lunch or breakfast, whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, I think every little step is still really important and valuable and then they'll get some sort of takeaway out of it. And I think another thing is that even if they're not engaged in the moment, things still register. They might just be a little bit delayed. so know even if my daughter doesn't seem interested at first, I think you know kids are still really observant. So to not have a not have the pressure, you know, for them to be involved, but mm-hmm. just to have it be available for them to participate and you know to still share. So your experiences with cooking and to talk about what you're doing in the kitchen and then, you know, it still will sink in even if it's not immediate. I think at some point, you know, they're still good. They're still sponges and they're going to take it all in whether they yeah. act interested or not. That's a really
0: good point. I always say that feeding kids is a long game in terms of, you know, the repeated exposure to different foods and, you know, what your expectations are at the table. You're not going to see results with that overnight. It it could very well take 18 years. But I guess what I'm taking away from what you're saying is that, you know, if you are a family that cooks together or that, you know, enjoys preparing family meals that will ultimately you know seep into your kids in terms of you know this is something that your family values and you know it may be something that they bring with them into their own adulthood but that said i certainly don't want anyone listening to this who is you know primarily a takeout and frozen foods kind of family to feel like they're doing you know something wrong like you and i were chatting earlier about like do we want to say that you know cooking with your kids is something that you really have a responsibility to do in terms of like, you know, we hear all, you know, reading with your kids, you know, is, you know, something that's very beneficial. All parents should read to their kids. Do we want to say all parents should cook with their kids? Or is that, is that taking it a step too far?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm certainly very biased. And I would say at at 1st I'd say, yes, everyone, you know, it's so important. You have yeah. to do this. And it just teaches them so many lessons. And, you know, it's going to make them, you know, much more open-minded eaters. And, mm-hmm. you know, then they'll learn how to be more independent and cook for themselves. But that's just because that's my area of interest and my yeah. career is focused on that. I imagine if I was in finance, I would be teaching my kids financial <laughs> planning at a much younger age than yeah. I probably will. So It's mm-hmm. not my strength. So, you know, I think it really, of course, no matter what you do is is what you're going to focus on, like, you know, with your kids. But I think there is a lot to be gained from cooking with your kids, but it doesn't, maybe it's not cooking, maybe it's just eating with your kids or, you know, teaching them about where food comes from by reading about it in a book even like about gardening or farming, you know, it could, you could go that route with it too. So I think there are different ways, like depending on, you know, what your level of interest is to still educate them about it. There are, you know, different online tools now too. So like what, what if your kid is interested in it, but you're not particularly interested, does that yeah. ever yeah. Come up. Yeah. I don't know if you've had, you know, if you've had. Yeah. I mean,
0: come, I mean, in my family, it comes, my kids are totally interested in outer space right now. And I'm like, I
1: guess I better go learn about outer right. space. Because yes. <laughs> that was never my thing. So there, I'm, there are a lot of resources for, yeah. for kids out there, even a lot of like the educational games and apps, you know, that you can, you know, like decorate your own cupcake or make your own pizza and that teaches yeah. you math. And there's different games. So, you know, I think there are different ways to approach it and still incorporate it. Because, like you said, everybody eats. So, I think to that extent, it is important to still, you know, teach them about what food is and where it comes from. But you don't have to, you know, go all in or or beat yourself up if if it's just if you're being honest with yourself and it's really not your passion or a strength of yours. Yeah,
0: I usually find it's not universal, but I usually find in a two parent household there's usually one parent who is more drawn to it. So, you know, it can kind of be your kid's thing with that parent. If it's not you, maybe it is your, your partner
1: or a grandparent, you know, I mean, I remember a lot of my food memories are with my grandmother and yeah, you know, for me it was like dinner was, I had chores to help with dinner. It was like a duty to help with dinner, but in terms of like the passion around food and making things from scratch and those big, those were more from my grandmother probably you know in, in terms of like the family recipes but you know it was still the family dinner is a memory that I do have like that was important you know for us all to sit around the table together so like different I think in different families you just there's different areas of focus and it's all positive yeah
0: yeah, for sure. I know in my family, once my mom went back to work and then both my parents were working, we ate a ton of frozen lasagna mm-hmm. and box mac and cheese. And I didn't really even think about cooking, you know, in terms of dinner. But like I said, I was making those box brownie mixes with my sister or, you know, I remember making muffin mixes. Everything was from a mix for sure. But yeah, that was
1: probably I think that was the time period too. Yeah. When all that <laughs> stuff came out because
0: yeah, definitely. You know, we're talking about probably the mid-90s here. Right. And there's also a lot less pressure on parents to take their kids to a farmer's market and, you know, cook from scratch and, you know, make your own crackers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it was yeah, a different time. Good <laughs> you know, I mean, at least you and I still turned out as people who are very interested in this kind of thing. So there are other people out there. But of course, if your kid doesn't grow up to be a gourmand, you know, that's totally fine. <laughs> You know, I mean, there, there are other things like learning math and, you know, where food comes from that are
1: important. But yeah, I think one thing I probably am a stickler about is generally feeding kids the same food that you feed, that you eat, mm-hmm. with, of course, some exceptions and, and always having something that they're going to like, you know, but not making like five different meals for five different members of your family or right you know, showing them that they're always going to get different food than you get. So even if, you know, you, you do make them something extra on the side that, you know, they're going to like, I still feel pretty strongly about having a part of the adult, you know, the adults, the parents meal on the kid's plate. That's yeah, I, I one do that. area I feel strongly about.
0: We did that last night. My kids love to make salad with me and they don't generally eat salad to, to a degree. They don't have the motor skills to, to really eat salad, mm-hmm. but um, love to pour the dressing on and pour the toppings on i I mostly use salad kits that come with like the thing that you rip open (laughs) and and whenever we have a salad kit for dinner on the side of whatever the entree is i also usually put some steamed broccoli out and you know it's not like i made them which they, they happen to love steamed broccoli so it's not like i made them steamed broccoli just for them and my husband and i are having salad Everybody is able to have both of those things. Right. My husband and I are probably going to choose the salad and they're probably going to choose the broccoli.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's not and it's not about you have to eat this or you have to try it, but yeah. just showing them that, you know, you're generally all eating the same things, you know, even if they have something that's like maybe they, you know, maybe one night you do give them, you know, boxed mac and cheese and you eat something else. It's not saying every meal has to be that way, but think just for the most part you know to show them they're not always going to have like a special kids meal that you're going to go out of your way yeah. to make them if they don't like what's what's on the table this is just going to be easier for yourself in the long run
0: yeah although that's getting really challenging now that we are home with our kids because of the coronavirus and feeding them more often having more limitations on what we have access mm-hmm. to you know having you know it's, it's perfectly normal for our kids to be expressing whatever anxiety about what they have about this situation through food selectivity because that's Mm -hmm. one of the very few things that they have control over. So I do think it's important to kind of grant parents some grace in that space. Like if you are doing a lot of mac and cheese and chicken nuggets these days, like, you know, we're going to be out of this eventually. These days,
1: anything goes. Uh, (laughs) And all of these, you know, rules, there's always exceptions to every rule. It doesn't mean they have to be followed all the time. It's just, You know, things that have worked for me personally, because my kids are both pretty, really open eaters, even though they have their preferences. They've also, of course, they go through its normal developmental phases to just say no to whatever it is because they can say no, you know, or to say, this isn't the shape of pasta that I want. I didn't want this pasta for that pasta. You know, just please don't go and open up the, you know, and start making that other kind of pasta that they want. That's all I'm saying there. It's not like go above and beyond to the point where yeah, you're running yourself around like crazy just yeah. trying to please them
0: I've even taken to with my older one I've taken to saying you know if she wants something else she at, at this point she knows she's probably not gonna get something yeah. else but I'll be like listen I just cooked this whole meal you know you saw me do it you might have even helped it's a lot of work to go and exactly you know, and I'm not gonna do that right now I really want to sit down and, and have my food and you don't have to eat it you know that
1: yeah, but maybe oh maybe the next meal, you know, we can pick out, you know, the what the yeah. pots that you want and you can pick out the shape and play a part in it. So yeah. giving them that option. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. But it is chal- a challenge and it is something that we will probably be pushing our kids to understand for the rest of their childhoods and you know same goes for, you know, opportunities that we have to cook with them. Sometimes they'll be into it, sometimes uh, they won't and if we just sort of keep plugging along.
1: Yeah, and even uh, I was just thinking it's not cooking but even like making play doh, you know, that's using food ingredients, but like making you can still engage the same senses with other kinds of crafts. So if cooking's not your thing, maybe there are other yeah. ways to do that, or like gardening, you know, playing in the dirt. So I think there are other ways to still, you know, connect with ingredients.
0: Yeah. Even yeah, if it's
1: fun. not cooking in the kitchen.
0: Something else we did to pass the time was make oobleck out of cornstarch and water. You know how it gets like,
1: or like um, a slime.
0: Yeah. And it dries.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> <It's
0: cool. laughs> or the, you know, the volcano science experiment with the baking powder. Yeah. Baking powder and yeah. Yeah. There's lots, lots to do these days. So. <laughs> well, I think that that's it. Do you have anything else you want to share about parents getting started cooking with their kids? Or
1: no, I think just to go off what we were saying, even if it's. Semi homemade, that's okay too. You know, it doesn't, we've been talking about a lot of scratch cooking, which I do value a lot. And right now it's on my mind because we've been doing more of it. But, you know, even if it is box mac and cheese and they're opening up a packet and pouring in, you know, the cheese powder into the mix, like that's, like I said, it's the box mashed potatoes, it's all of that. It's making, my birthday cake I've had since I was little is a, it has a (laughs) jello packet, strawberry (laughs) jello packet added to, the boxed cake mix to make uh, it extra strawberry, you know, red like flavored.
0: I even, I stocked up on cookie mix, like the add two eggs and a stick of butter kind because my store's out of flour and I didn't want to use yeah. limited flour that I had on just like a, a project that, you know, might get half eaten by the time we even bake it. So.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that stuff that is still, if, if that's more approachable to you, uh, that's still better than not doing it at all you know, on the other hand, I would also say some things sound more intimidating than they are. For example, the cracker recipe, it's probably the simplest recipe, probably easier than making a box cake mix. So to also like open yourself up to maybe, you know, trying some new things and realizing that, you know, or something like hummus, you know, that these recipes may sound fancier than they actually are. And, you know, they actually can be pretty simple and done in a short amount of time. So yeah,
0: Yeah, so if you have links to those recipes. I'd love to include them in the show notes for
1: anyone listening. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for chatting. This is a really great discussion. Hope you and your family are staying safe
1: and cooking well. (laughs) (laughs) Cooking well and eating well. That's that's our, main, that's our main areas of joy right now. <laughs>
0: right, right, I know. And it's the small things that just to add another point is, you know, if your kids are eating more cookies and cupcakes because you're baking them more or, you know, because you're eating more of them, like, that's all cool too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, and the one, you know, I would so much rather have my kids, not that they don't eat, you know, candy and other stuff, but I'd so much rather them have a dessert that they've made and, you know, taken a part of than, you know, snacking on processed foods on a regular basis like i'd rather them at least you know enjoy the process of of making it and having whether it's even if it's four or five cookies at once like at least you know they've gotten something else out of it it all balances out it definitely does yeah
0: all right well thank you so much
1: christy all right take care thank you thanks so much
0: for listening to my interview with christy Christy and I are actually going to continue this conversation about cooking with kids over in the Messy Intersection Facebook group, and we'll be sharing some practical tips and easy recipes for getting started cooking with your own kids. If that's your jam, of course, it doesn't have to be. So text hello to 405-407-MESS to get an invitation to join that group, or just check out the show notes for a link to the group as well. If you like what you're hearing on The Messy Intersection, I really hope you'll consider leaving a review in your podcast player. It really helps other listeners find the show. And of course, I just love to hear what you have to say. Until next week, everybody, embrace the mess. And if you're cooking with your kids, I apologize in advance for the literal mess you might find yourself in.